All right, welcome everyone to LeBeau's Life Lessons. And today we are talking about choosing better. This is the ending of my series called Choosing Better. It's, for, it's uh, part four, and you can find the rest of the parts now on Audible, Apple Music, not Apple Music, it's um, Audible, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else, pretty much everywhere else you can find podcasts. I think I'm kind of everywhere now. Okay, so we are going to be finishing up on this and I am so excited because I'm going to give you some great practical things you will use that actually work when it comes to choosing the right type of mate. And if you've been following this series, chime in, because I'm going live on TikTok, chime in, let me know, say hi. But I also wanted to give you guys a description of my podcast. For some of you, you don't know me, and I wanted to give a description. Now, you can go and learn more at Um, but... Here we go. This is a, the official description of my podcast because I get a lot of people saying, what is this? <clears throat> Join host LeBeau Colbert for a weekly show with a fun and edgy take on life. Every week, she's got a new topic from purpose to relationships to career success. LeBeau speaks from experience as a successful business consultant and former therapist. She will enlighten you with her common sense approach to life. LeBeau guides listeners on how to overcome the challenges faced in life through a series of enlightening episodes filled with tips on how to address life's most common interpersonal problems. You're sure to learn something you didn't know. We focus on motivating women to live wiser, healthier, and more fulfilled lives by teaching the principles of life lessons, wisdom, development, and emotional intelligence all while understanding what makes her tick. This podcast will give you the motivation you need to get started on your own journey to living a better life through development, emotional intelligence, and wellness. Start your journey to a better you today. So that's what my podcast is about. <clears throat> We're going to wrap up the series. I'm going to go as fast as I possibly can because I am even more excited about the next series. Now, I always feel like I'm topping myself. I always feel like, oh, this is going to be the best one I've ever done. The next one is on envy. And I never have ever talked about envy before. And this time I'm going in and I'm going to like expose so many things. You will be looking at so many people for the first time really seeing who they are. And it's, it's going to be eye opening and it may also hurt you. But I promise you, you'll never be the same and you'll be glad that you learned it. So hi, everybody on TikTok. And just to let you know, I don't invite people live on my uh, TikTok to do anything, but you can go ahead and put questions or comments and I will read them. Somebody said, hello from New Orleans. I Yes, I am from New Orleans. So very proud Louisiana Creole here. Okay, all right, so once again, for those who are watching on Facebook and YouTube, I'm putting up the banner, Choosing Better. This is going to be part four, the final 
installment. Okay, last time we talked, we were talking about the 10, uh, top 10 covert toxic personality types. Mouthful, but basically I wanted to give you 10 personality types um, that are very harmful and how to recognize it within yourself and with other, within others clearly so that you can know who you're dealing with right on. We're not wasting any time. My philosophy is not to waste time in dating. Life is precious. Time is precious. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to let it flow and see what happens. We don't have time for that. Not when we're living purposeful lives and we're looking for purposeful alignment with other people, okay? That's cool for a person who isn't, you know, purpose-driven, but it's not for everybody. Um, if you just missed it, this is LeBeau's Life Lessons. We're talking about choosing better. And when I say choosing better, this series kicked off because of this com common comment that goes forth whenever we're talking about women. And um, when we talk about women and the choices that they make in men, and people always say, choose better, choose better. But what does that actually mean? So I've actually been going through all of these things. And if you want to see, if you want to listen to episode one, two, and three, I talked about the 14 avoidable relationship complications, three telling confessions to listen for, five mind reading body language tips, 25 ways to lower a man's defenses. Then I got on the top 10 covert things. Now we're on number nine and 10. And today we're going to go to, we're going to end this on the top 20 questions you must ask to predict where the relationship will go. I have been compiling a list of powerful questions for about, um, I don't know, let's, let's say a decade. And it's probably like 400 now. And I've dwindled them down to 20 questions that you must ask. And why? Why? It's so important to ask these questions. And we're going to do date one questions, date two, and date three. You know how after date three, people expect something to happen. They expect to know where the relationship is going. I've designed these questions so that you can know and you can make an educated guess on where this relationship is going before anything ever pops off. Let's put it, put it that way. Okay. All right. We're going to go from, from number nine. We're still talking about those covert toxic, um, personality types. Number nine, an unbalanced personality type or an unbalanced attitude. Okay. This person typically has high standards, very high standards, like high principles, like they're kind of, um, for lack of a better term, like a Karen over how things should be and how they got to go. You know, this ain't right. You know, I do things this way and you're supposed to do this. They're very picky in that way. However, they cannot take advice. So they have a lot of advice to give to others. They cannot take advice. So what does that say? Somebody who's very opinionated, but lacks the humility to listen to other people. So stubborn, opinionated and stubborn. This is an unbalanced person, okay? They cannot delegate, why? Because they're micromanagers. They have to do it themselves because they feel like it won't be done right unless they do it themselves. 
Okay, so cannot delegate, all right? They often mistrust others. They mistrust others a lot. So they can't trust anybody to uh, do anything for them to, you know, they just don't have any trust, okay? Then these types of sabotaging ways that they have usually isolate them and make them ruin their own lives. Why? Because if you go through life being highly opinionated, yet you cannot take advice, and at the same time, you have a lot of mistrust for other people, it makes it so that you isolate yourself. So when you inevitably go through the tough issues or some of those issues you caused yourself, you have nobody to turn to. So they ruin their own lives by this behavior. They eventually become dependent upon others. They eventually become dependent. Why? Because when you live your life in a sabotaging fashion, such as this person does, you make it so that eventually you will not be able to stand on your own two feet and you'll actually end up having to rely on others. And it's such like a poetic justice. It's such a poetic justice when somebody who has so much to say about everybody else can't take advice, then they become completely dependent on somebody else. It's, it's, and then it's just like irritates them to death. Um, another thing is that they have black and white thinking is all or nothing. You can't compromise with this person. And I want to say, no matter how strong your attachment is or what you think your bond is with someone or the attraction you have, whatever it is that brought you together, even if it's a trauma bond, I don't care how strong you think this relationship is. If you're dealing with a person who cannot compromise, it's not going to work because eventually that gets old, really old. Okay. Sometimes for some people, they, if you're unwilling to compromise, they recognize early on. And this is what this is all about. Recognize the signs early on. I'm, I'm trying to show you the predictors that lets you know it's not going to work out with this person because they have a lot of inner work to do. Okay. Um, Let's see what people are saying. All right. Somebody said, my boyfriend, my girlfriend breaks up with me every other day, blames it on my energy. Well, that's not healthy. Let's see. Okay. All right. Keep letting those comments come in. Um, okay. So let's go to... Oh, oh, yes. Let me finish on this. Black and white thinking. So that means you can't compromise with them. It's all or nothing. So that means every time you try to explain something, you know, usually your feelings, they can't ever see things your way or they can't see things from a different perspective because they're either one thing, they're like way to the left or way to the right. 
And finally, they secretly have a lot of regret. Now, this is something that they are not secure or confident enough to, um, to let's say they can't admit it, right? But this person has a lot of regret in their life. So this is an unbalanced attitude and, and the prescription or predictor when dealing with this type of person is that they're going to be difficult for you. You'll have a problem in life or a problem in the relationship their inflexibility and staunchness and their rigidness will actually sabotage the relationship at every turn. And they will also be another stumbling block on top of whatever else is happening. So basically, if you want to multiply your stress in life, this is the person for you. Okay. Yeah, somebody said you have to be diplomatic in a relationship. That is correct. Okay, number 10. Then we'll wrap up that part. Number 10 of the top 10 covert, because a lot of times these people disguise themselves in another way. The top 10 covert personality types that are toxic. Number 10 is an emotionally unstable person. Okay, so... That other person was unstable in, a, on, in general terms, but let's say it's a little bit deeper with this person. Let's say that this person may be suffering from a mental illness. Now, this other person that I mentioned is kind of like this, but their response is usually because of trauma and upbringing. This person that I'm going to has a neurological issue. And because I'm not, I'm not able to diagnose anybody, but I'm going to just give you a few things to look up, look for to know if somebody is emotionally unstable. Okay? All right. Number one, explosive. Explosive. The next is vindictive. Okay? I'm not going to give the this personality type an official diagnosis, but you can research some of these uh, traits and, and see what you think it is. Okay? Explosive, vindictive, talks about friends behind their back, fantasizes about revenge, blames others for their problems. They have anxiety and depression. They seem fake when they're in front of people because you know how unstable they are, but when they're in front of people, they can seem fake, okay? Angry, just generally angry, means spirited towards people. Easily angered, meaning you have to walk on eggshells around them. Needy, okay, that means they need a lot of validation. They need a lot of attention. They need a lot of reassurance. They're manipulative, okay? I think I need to do a whole podcast series on manipulation and the different ways it manifests. Insecure, suspicious, likes to be combative or debate you on everything. Tough exterior, but repressed, okay? Seems like they have a split personality, okay? Once again, it's the same result as the other person. Un instability and the lack of willingness to do the inner work 
results in a person multiplying your headache. Life is hard enough and love should not complicate your life. You know what I mean? And sometimes you can be in such toxic relationships for so long that you just think, you assume this is what it is. This is what comes with love. This is what comes with marriage. But not everybody is having the same experience that you are having. And so you have to step back and evaluate, maybe reframe how you first had an impression about this person. Now this is the reality. Now what? Okay? You can make a decision on how you want to spend the rest of your life. So it's very important that you look for these signs. Now, let's get into it. Okay, we're going to go over the top 20 questions you must ask to predict the future of your relationship. The future of your relationship. And I love behavioral sciences. Somebody said that they've uh, worked in mental health for 30 years. I'm telling you, when it comes to your children, make them study psychology or some type of behavior science. Uh, psychoanalysis or whatever make them learn because it will go well with them in their life to be able to evaluate themselves at least recognize when they need help and then also to recognize harmful or red flags in other people but let's go into the 20 now I brought these I broke these down into date one date two and date three now, do you think it's possible to know, like to have a good understanding of somebody so that you know that by the third, by the end of the third day, you know if you're really going to get somewhere with this person. Now, once I expose you to this information, it's still up to you. If a personal trainer gives you a diet plan, it's still up to you. How's your reaction going to be to it? That's based on your character. When I explain these things to you, you can choose to ignore what the answer means to your own detriment. Maybe some of these questions you may use or some you say, eh, I don't want to ask that. But there's a reason behind each one of them. And I'm going to try to go really fast. So write down whatever it is that you feel sticks is sticking with you or makes the most sense. And you can ask these in different orders. It don't matter. I just chose to break it down to three dates, okay? No wasting time. I didn't waste time. When it came to my husband, I was on husband number two. I got married for the first time at 17 years old. By the time I met my second husband, I was done. I already understood. Never, ever allow a man to waste your time again. Don't hurt yourself that way. I got really big into questions. And that's all I did was interrogate him from the beginning. I interrogated him. So here we go. Date number one. You don't have to ask all of these questions. Pick the ones that you like. What is your attitude towards God? Number one is what is your attitude towards God? The reason why you need to know someone's attitude towards God or religion is because... You have to understand if down the line you will have a ongoing fight. Religion disputes is an ongoing fight. 
some religions, you know, uh, your beliefs don't seem to be a big deal now. Wait till you have kids and you have to decide what they're going to be raised under or if they're going to be raised under anything. Guaranteed fight. Your morals won't align. Your values won't align. It's almost like marrying somebody from across the ocean on a different side of the world that has, you know, their culture is completely different from yours. It's going to be miscommunication after miscommunication after this is how I was raised. Oh, well, we don't believe that it's a guaranteed fight. So if you want to complicate the relationship, then get with somebody who doesn't have the same belief about God that you do. You don't have to listen to me. There's absolutely no sin in getting with somebody who doesn't share your same belief, but it will be a fight. And it will be numerous fights, okay? Number two, what is your attitude towards counseling and or therapy? Another way you can ask that is, have you ever been to therapy? What do you think about counseling? Do you believe in premarital counseling? You ask that because whatever trauma they've gone through, you may not have asked them that yet or whatever. But it doesn't matter whether they've gone through uh, counseling or not. Eventually, you'll need counseling. Eventually, you'll need therapy. Eventually, they will need to be open to the idea of listening to wise counsel, even if they don't go to a professional counselor, okay? You want to know from the beginning, and please, don't waste your time assuming you can change their mind. If they say they don't believe in counseling, believe them the first time. And if, if you find out that they've had a bad childhood, and they've never been to a counselor and they don't ever plan on going and they don't think that they don't believe in that, then you need to be heading towards the door. Because once you inevitably start going through stuff, you're going to be going through that stuff alone. You're going to be the person that's reading all the books, going to the counseling sessions by yourself. And if you want to feel lonely, do that to yourself. But if you love yourself, please do not get with somebody who rebukes wise counsel because that's another guaranteed fight. Somebody said, you should never marry before the age of 25. I mean, I can't say I disagree with that, you know. I mean, you, some people are more mature than others, but yes. Okay, number three. What are you currently working on and why is it interesting to you? Okay, what are you currently working on? Why is that interesting to you? You need to understand that person's passion. If you understand their passion, you understand why they spend hours a day on that. You need to understand what they're going to be spending their money on. You need to understand that because let's say you get married. Let's say within a year you get married or a year or two you get married. If he is adamant about pursuing his rapping career, that is a passion that he already let you know. This is going to be the priority of my life. So some people, they don't have that aha moment where, okay, I need to take care of my family first, other priorities come in. They will put that first. That's where they're going to be spending the money. That's where they're going to be spending their time in the studio. You get what I mean? Whatever it is that they decided should be the focus of their life, you better know that up front and be cool with it. Because what if they succeed? Now what? What if they're an actor? It's cool and fun and funny or whatever. Now, okay, I'm an actress. What if they decide to be an actor? They take off or they have to go through 
uh, audition after audition, not making money, or they have sex scenes or intimate scenes with scenes with people. Are you going to be okay with that? Make sure you understand what their passion is. Number four, whom do you think of when you think of the word successful? Who do you think of when you think of the word successful? What somebody sees as successful is where they're going. Usually we become the people we respect within five to 10 years. Look at the people that they consider successful. If that's where they're headed, understand that's where you're going on this journey with them. So you need to know where they're taking you. You need to know where your money is gonna be going, where their attention is gonna be going, okay? And you have to ask yourself, do you think that person is successful? Why or why not? And somebody said, some relationships do work out. Relationships gurus don't have a game plan all the time. Listen to me. Sometimes there is exceptions to the rule. I'm telling you the rule. You better have a game plan. You better know the questions to ask. You better make sure that you have principles that you live by so that you don't have regret, okay? These things help you to avoid issues or to make sure that you are, listen, if you, if you go to an interview, you can't go and get a job without being asked questions. The questions and the answers, they reveal a lot. Okay, so take it how you want to. Somebody said, I have the most biggest, most beautiful mouth. <laughs> All right, let's go to number five. What was your childhood like? Now, of all the questions, all the questions. Listen, before you even get to the prenup, you got to ask these questions. Why, why would you wait that long? You see what I mean? You're talking about wait to, you're worried about conflict, get a prenup. Sweetheart, even before you spend a year or two into a relationship, you need to make sure that you're aligned with the person. You guys are being too, too careless about your time. It's not really resonating. Do you know you could be letting the person that you should be with walk right past you because you're stuck in a relationship with the person that you're like, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. And then you find out seven months later, a year, two, three years later, this wasn't the right person. What was your childhood like? That's the most important question of all. If you don't ask any of the questions, please ask this question. Because this question will reveal the past trauma. This will reveal the types of issues that they will project onto you. Especially when you say, when you have a person who's had a bad trauma in their childhood and they reject counseling, they don't believe in that, automatically no. Automatically red flag. Please understand that the things that people go through most definitely show up in the marriage in so many harmful and toxic ways. They will traumatize you inadvertently 
even if they're not even doing it on purpose, simply because they never heal. Right? Okay? So when you ask them what their childhood is like, what you want to listen for? Abuse, neglect, criticism, emotional or physical abuse, neglectfulness, criticism, chaos, instability, abandonment. Those things they carry into the relationship if they do not get help. And sometimes it takes your whole life. And sometimes it takes years before you can undo the things that did to you. So you're hurting people, not even knowing that you're hurting people. Okay? Number six, who were the people you admired most growing up? Who do you admire now? Now this is the double. Okay? Number one, who were the people you admired the most growing up? The person that they admired the most growing up, if they're still living, that's the person that has access to this and this. That's the person whose uh, opinion matters the most to them. Maybe it's the mom, maybe it's the dad. You need to know who they admire in their family. That's the person they will act like. Okay? When you ask them, who do you admire now? That's the person that they want to be like in the future. Again, you need to understand who they respect and admire. That's the person that they will imitate. The philosophy they will imitate. The lifestyle they will imitate. We always gravitate towards what we respect. Okay? So when they give you that answer, they say, uh, uh, when you say, who, who did you admire growing up? Oh, I admire my mom. Oh, tell me about her. What is she like? Okay, for, for those who are saying they want to recap, this is choosing better. This is a four-part series and we're at the end of it. I gave tons and tons of points over the last few weeks and you can find all of those on anywhere you can listen to podcasts, go to Bebo's Life Lessons and find Choosing Better. Right now, we're going over the top 20 questions you must ask to predict the future of the relationship by the third date. When they describe to you the person that they admire, understand those are values and characteristics they admire so let's say this let's say they say oh i value i i mostly admire my mom you meet the mom and the mom is nasty you meet the mom and the mom is mean spirited insecure etc etc now you know who they're going to act like eventually they're not going to treat you like that in the beginning they eventually become that person to you once they get comfortable and take down the mask. Okay? So, understand. Know who they respect. Here's another thing. This is a side note, and this could be a whole other episode about male and female energy. This is one that's going to take you for a curve, okay? 
when you have a man, for instance, that most admired a female or females or were raised by females growing up, they are going to have feminine energy. And when I say feminine energy, I'm not talking about nothing crazy. What I mean is that inside, they're going to be more sensitive and they're going to have more feminine characteristics. Sometimes they try to hide it through ultra super macho stereotypical whatever they try to look like a tough guy to mask the inner softness so when you notice certain things about them is a little bit feminine it's because the women they respect it doesn't mean that they have a secret you know you know what i'm talking about i don't have to say it it doesn't have anything necessarily to do with their sexuality sometimes it's because this is the person that i admire this is the person that raised me and this is the reason why I have more of a female energy when I'm a man or more of a man energy when I'm a female. It's the same thing. You take a woman that was raised by her dad or raised by, you know, a male figure and that's who she respected. Most of the people she respects in life are men. She's going to come from a masculine angle. Do you get what I mean? So it doesn't mean that she is... Um, it doesn't mean that she is um, a lesbian or anything like that. It just means that she respected men growing up. She took on some of their personality types. Why? Because like I said, we gravitate towards and imitate what we respect. Somebody said, the person you chose or pick is a roll of the dice. It's not always. Some people are purposeful. Not everybody is. Somebody said, sensitive isn't feminine. That's correct. I misspoke on, spoke on that. But when I say that people characterize sensitivity with femininity, and so when I say that, I mean uh, mostly moody. Yeah. So when you have a man, for instance, that was raised by his mom primarily or his aunts or grandma and he looked up to them, don't be surprised. He's going to be more understanding. Usually he's going to have more understanding of women and sometimes they can treat women better. But that's only if they actually look up to those women. If he was raised by his mom and he hated her and hated how she treated him, then that's going to be the opposite. Thank you, bam, bam. All right, okay, now let's get into date two. Um, somebody asked, and, and this is on topic, so I'm gonna answer this. They said, so what energy do women with no father have? Women with no father have father figures. Sometimes they have father figures, or sometimes they have a mother with masculine energy. Regardless, there is going to still be masculine and feminine energy in her regardless. However, what you really need to look at is not the fact that, okay, she didn't have a father figure, so she won't have masculine energy. That's not necessarily true. What you want to pay attention to is the abandonment issue that comes with that. The feeling of I wasn't good enough. Or why don't I have a father? Sometimes people are trying to look for the father relationship they had or didn't have in the next man. So, for instance, if let's say this lady had a good father who doted on her, who 
spoiled her. She is going to be looking for that in her next relationship. So she's going to be looking for an older man that can spoil her. She's trying to recapture what she had with her father. Okay. Okay, let's roll. Let's get on to date number two. Number seven, tell me about the day or moment you knew you are ready to seek a spouse. Tell me about the day or moment you knew you were ready for marriage. That's the, that's the question. Okay. The reason why is because if they're not thinking about that question at all, they're going to start stumbling. They're going to start stuttering. They're not going to have an answer. They may say, you know what? I never thought about that because they don't have marriage on their mind. And you need to know that. Do you hear me? If you are dating with the intent to marry and the person you ask, you ask them, when did you start thinking about marriage? And they're like, um, I don't know when I knew that flag. It doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that they're not on the same page as you. And you are in danger of being one of those people who wants to get married and that person isn't ready and they have commitment issues. So why keep going? You're not aligned. That means they're not thinking about marriage right now. And you're not the person to change their mind. Let somebody else change their mind. You're not going to change their mind. You're not going to waste time trying to prove anything. Number eight, when you feel overwhelmed, what do you say to yourself to overcome it? When you feel overwhelmed, what do you say to yourself to overcome it? Okay, so that's the question you want to ask. Why do you want to ask something like that? Because it reveals how they deal with stress. If they say, well, I just go to the bar, you know, hang out with the boys and I smoke a little bit and I drink and I usually feel better after that. If that's the kind of guy he wants, if that's how you want him to relieve his stress. Oh, I usually just turn on the game. Oh, I usually just uh, go shoot some hoops. You want to have somebody who understands self-care and they know how to decompress. They know how to relieve stress without going to a vice. The question was, for those who are asking, is this is the question you ask them. When you feel overwhelmed, what do you say to yourself to overcome it? If they don't have an answer to this, that means that they don't, they're not introspective. That means they don't really ask themselves questions. This is an issue because that means that they're not aware of themselves. They don't ask themselves questions. They don't think, try to figure out how can I deal with this in a positive way. They're not that person. You want to skip over that. You want to bypass that person because the, a person like this that, that doesn't have principles around self-care and decompressing and de-stressing themselves, they usually turn to drugs, alcohol, food, or sex. And, okay, if you don't, some people are mad that I'm saying that because I'm describing them and they don't know how to deal with stress without going to alcohol, sex, porn, smoking, drugs, they don't know clubbing. They don't know how to decompress positively. So they go to vices. And these vices turn into habits. 
Remember, I was a therapist. I used to get people off of drugs for a living. Okay? I know what I'm talking about. Number nine. Here's another question. If you were given $1 million to put towards a problem in the world, what would you, what would it be and why? If you were given a million dollars to put towards a problem in the world, what would it be and why? And the reason why that's important to ask is because you wanna know where their heart really is. Who, whose hurt matters to them? That shows you what their character is about. If they care about hungry kids, poverty, animals, whatever it is, you need to understand where people's hurts. You need to know what makes them cry. You need to know what makes them angry. That's how you know if you align. If they say, oh, I really love animals, and if I had a million dollars, I would spend it on um, helping animals get rescued. But your thing is helping hungry children or sex trafficked children or foster kids. That's a misalignment. It's not a big misalignment, but it lets you know that this person values animal life over human life for some reason. Now, the reason may be a really big problem. You know what I mean? Okay. Yes, it's important. Somebody said, I think this chat is showing how different, different our values are. And that's true. Right. Some healthy outlets. Somebody said, share some healthy outlets. Um, no, this once somebody, I'm sorry, when uh, somebody's saying, where are these questions to download? Um, when you um, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm on there. Just find this show and you'll be able to listen to it again. Um, I'm just doing it live now, but it's going to be, it's recorded. Okay. Healthy outlets. Okay. Um, how about I give mine? I'll give mine. I'll give mine. I like to take a hot bubble bath, light candles, and listen to music when I want to decompress. Sometimes I just listen to music. Sometimes I put on a really comforting show that I just love. It doesn't matter if I've seen the episode already, but just watching it again, because I know it puts me in a good mood, that's an outlet. Sometimes um, I'll drink a cup, of, a cup of coffee because the smell and the warmth calms me down. So there's different ways. Exercise is another way I, I relieve stress. So there's different ways that you can decompress. You have to find what you like. Some people it's a foot massage, it's whatever it's getting their nails done. Something that's like, you know, stimulates you, but it's good for you. See, all those other stimulants, listen, I don't have, I'm not gonna talk bad against addicts because what addicts do is they try to find something to heal their hurt. I'm not mad at that. It's the method they choose that's incorrect. Healing the hurt is something we all must do. Okay? Let's see. Number, number 10. What's your goal for our relationship? 
what's your goal for our relationship? You may say, oh, this is the second date. It's too early to say something like that. No, it's not. When you say, what's your goal for our relationship? They don't have an answer. They have an answer. They don't want to say it in front of you. If they have an answer, look at where it's focused. If they say something like, oh, I just want to get to know you and see where it goes. Okay. That's, that's fine. Most people will have that answer. But if they don't really give you something that satisfies you, you can say, okay, but what would be the goal of the relationship that, you know, that you feel good about? If you feel good about the relationship, like what's, what's the next step? What's going to be the next step for you? Okay. If engagement and marriage are nowhere in the conversation, that, that lets you know they don't have any real plans for you. They don't have any real intention for you other than making them feel good. And if you want to be somebody's toy, you can be somebody's toy. If you want to be somebody's therapy, if you want to be somebody's pastime, you can do that. Oh, I get real, I get straight to it, straight to it, okay? I remember one time with my husband, I invited him over to my house. We had no plans. The only thing we did was go to the grocery store, run errands, clean the house, and watch my two kids from my pre, my first marriage. What was the purpose of that? I said, this is my life. This is what it is. Forget all that other fun stuff we did. This is my life. Now what? Is this something you can live with? Because this is the reality. Okay? You got to let them know. I get straight to the point. Because I don't want to waste nobody else's time either. Okay. Number 11. How do you know if someone loves you or is in love with you? How do you know if someone loves you or in love with you? Pay attention to what they say. Do they say something physical? Do they say something emotional? Do they say something on a time? Think about the five love languages. Physical, affirmation, um, favors. What is it? Um, there are some others. But you want to look at the types of things that they say. Does that align with you? Now, it's okay for people to have different love languages. In fact, Hours change over time and we all have them at different levels. But go with what your nature is. This is what I mean. Let's say, for instance, they say, words of affirmation. I need to hear that you love me. I need you to say things to me that makes me feel love. But let's say that you're not a talker. And let's say that it's not natural for you to be like, oh, I love you, babe. I love you, babe. Oh, you're so handsome today. Blah, 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 blah. That's not your, that's not your regular, like that's not your default. That means that, what does that mean? That means that you will have to push yourself to make them feel love. And the things you do outside of that will not make them feel as love as the thing that doesn't come naturally to you. Let's say that they love physical touch and you're not physical. Let's say that they love gifts and you you like gifts all the time you see go with your nature if they say something like um doing favors i love when people do favors for me it makes me feel loved and you love to help people boom 
That's alignment. That's what you look for. Number 12. Describe a time you faced a problem in your relationship. How did you resolve it? Describe a time you, uh, you faced a problem in your relationship. How did you resolve it? You want to know what, how do they think? Like when they face an issue, what is their go-to? Some people, when they face an issue, they have no plan. They don't know how to sit down and talk it out. They don't do that. Let them describe to you what happened. Do you hear communication? Do you hear anything positive, constructive? This is what you're looking for. Somebody said, that's when she responds with, if he wanted to be, he would. Um, do you see what I mean? You want to see how they, you know, how they get through things. So say, for instance, the question is, describe a time you face a problem in your relationship. How did you resolve it? You want to know if they're a problem solver. You do not want to be married to a person that don't know how to solve problems. Because that means you are going to be the one that has to figure everything out. And when y'all have a problem, guess who's going to have to solve it? You. Some people are only reactionary. They only know how to get angry or sad about a problem. But when it comes to actually communicating it and working it out, they don't have skills there. That's a problem that complicates the problem, okay? Number 13, what is your plan for your future family at a high level? What is your plan for future, your future family at a high level, meaning, okay, generally speaking, how do you see your family in the future? Like, what do you have planned? Where are you taking your family? Some people have no clue. And the issue with that is that you may be the one trying to figure it out, or they just have no plan in the relationship and the family is going nowhere. Did you know that you can have a plan for your family? I say that because a long time ago, somebody asked me this question. What's the plan for your family? What now? That question changed my life. Make sure you understand where somebody sees their family going. Now, compare that to where you see your future family going. If there's no alignment, there's no alignment. Don't try to force it, okay? Okay, let's hurry through the next ones. Now we're on date three. We're on date three. On a high level means um, just an overview, like generally speaking, like your general plans. Okay, number 14. We're on date number three. Have you experienced toxicity in your past relationship? If yes, how long? The, the big part is how long, okay? When you say, have you experienced toxicity in your relationship? First of all, you wanna know if they attract toxic people. Birds of a feather flock together. If they attract toxic people, okay, what's, have you, like, how long did that relationship last? Oh, we were together 10, uh, 5, 10 years. Have you sought any counseling since then? Oh, no. Bad deal. Bad deal. 
because that means everything they went through in that relationship, not only their issues, but the things that that person did to them, they're taken to you. People have to, have to get help. Do you get what I mean? What when they take that 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 trauma to you, now you're getting traumatized, and you say, "Time out. We need to get some help. We need some intervention." Depending on their character slash attitude, you may be on your own, and now you have to start all over. It's nothing, you know. A lot of people have gone through toxic relationships, but you have to see what did they do about it. And if they stayed in it a long time, there's definitely trauma there. Number 15, how do you stay motivated in stressful times? How do you stay motivated in stressful times? Like you can relate this to their job. Like if they own a business, you could say, um, wow, you own your own business. How do you stay motivated? Like when it gets very stressful, how do you stay motivated? You know, people are going to have different answers to this, but what you're looking at is if they know how to motivate themselves. If they don't know how to motivate themselves, do you know that that carries on to every other aspect of life? That means that they're going to struggle to be motivated in multiple areas sometimes. Sometimes they're only motivated in one way and the rest of their life is undone. You have to know if they know how to motivate themselves. Number 16, what's the best advice you could give someone what's the best advice you could give someone better question is what's the best relationship advice you could give someone listen to the tone is there wisdom is there bitterness is there anger is there resentment is there positivity lovingness you want to pay attention to these things right you want to pay attention if they don't have any advice this is a person that's not introspective. If they don't have any advice, I would say move on. Number 17, describe your best friend or favorite person. Describe your best friend or favorite person. Their favorite person or their best friend is a person that they spend a lot of time with and that they listen to. What is that person like? Because that is the person that will influence them. If you find out that their best friend or their favorite person is somebody you definitely wouldn't respect, you might want to get out. <laughs> you might want to get out. We're wrapping up. Number 18, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? Again, listen for the non-answer. That means they're not thinking about the future, okay? It doesn't mean that they're a bad person, but remember, we're trying to be purposeful with our life. We need somebody who has some direction. You don't want to get with somebody who doesn't have direction in life because you're going to feel like you have to drag them along. You have to pull them up because they don't know where they're going. They don't know the next thing they're going to do. So now you, with direction, you're like, listen, when you're married, you're like Siamese twins. When you have a person next to you that's completely aimless, just doing whatever, and you actually have a plan for your life and you're trying to work towards something, you're going to have a problem trying to drag them along like dead weight, okay? Let those people be with their own kind. If they don't have any plans, let them find somebody who don't have any plans. That's the best thing for you to do, okay? Number 19, 
Describe the perfect day. Describe the perfect day. Okay? You can ask them to describe the, the perfect date, but you can, if you want to ask them to describe the perfect day, you want to pay attention to what they focus on. They may describe like um, a vacation. They say, well, when I, when I went on vacation, I had the perfect day. I went to Hawaii and we did this, this, and this. Pay attention to what they say. If they focus on the things they bought on the vacation, that they shopped, they're materialistic. If they focus on the people they met, then they're more about relationships and, and being social. If they focused on the fact that they got to relax and unwind, think, then they're about self-help, restoration, growth, right? Good things, okay? If they focus on how beautiful it looked, they're all about aesthetic, things looking right in their life. You need to know where the alignment is. The perfect day shows you, them describing the perfect day shows you where their heart is. Materials, people, places, or experiences, or reflection. They might talk about the uh, activities they did. Then they care more about experiences. So that's why you ask, what's the perfect day to you? And finally, number 20. <clears throat> number 20 is, how important is marriage to you? How important is marriage to you? The reason why you want to know how important it is is because, again, that's going to let you know if you guys are on the same page. If they say, scale to 1 to 10, 1 being uh, not important at all, and 10 being the most important thing in my life right now, you compare that to where you are. Again, <clears throat> I urge you, please don't try to change your mind. If they're saying, it's a one for me right now. I'm not concerned about that, blah, blah, blah. And you are on number six or seven, you're not aligned. Remember, the right thing at the wrong time automatically becomes the wrong thing. You pursuing a person that doesn't want what you want out of life automatically becomes the wrong thing. Why do that to yourself? Okay? Guaranteed fight. Okay, and I want to close with this. I understand what people mean when they say that women need to choose better. I don't believe that all the blame is on the woman. I don't like that people think that way. But if you want to say women need to choose better, please understand why. Why do women need to choose better? Because they were mistreated and improperly raised, both if not one or the other. A lot of women don't choose correctly because of how they were treated growing up. They were criticized, so they seek out critical men. They were abused, they seek out abuse, abusive men. They were neglected. They make choices for men that will neglect and abandon them. They have an inner sense about that. They had chaos and dysfunction. So they look for a guy subconsciously that looks like they will give them a hard time. Sometimes women choose because choose badly because somebody in their life growing up made them feel like they had to earn their love. So they seek men 
who want them to prove what they bring to the table. And they turn into that pick-me mindset, that they're just so desperate and thirsty just to have a man. And then you have those who <clears throat> are looking to continue the relationship they have with their father. If that father was somebody that spoiled them but didn't really take care of them emotionally, they're looking for that too. You see what I mean? Don't try to tell women to choose better, but not understanding where they're coming from, okay? And then when you have them being improperly raised by people who are also damaged, don't you think that's going to affect their choices? So <clears throat> I said, somebody said, repeat, the right thing at the wrong time automatically becomes the wrong thing. So if you are not on the same timing scale with somebody, it's not the right time to be with them. They're going to go through a lot of things before they're able to meet you mentally where you are. Okay? So with that being said, next week we're starting our series on envy. And I'm telling you, if you love this, my God, you're going to love the next one. And as I'm closing, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this on wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And remember, you can change if you want to. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys next time. You're listening to LeBeau's Lessons, a leadership podcast for new and aspiring leaders. LeBeau's Lessons is a virtual platform which seeks to provide leadership training and education for new and aspiring leaders. We do this by providing a consistent, free leadership podcast, weekly mentoring meetings with our staff, and online courses. Every Tuesday, we meet at 12 noon CST to promote self-awareness by providing stories and leadership coaching on this show to raise the emotional intelligence of our listeners. You can support us by following, liking, subscribing, and sharing. And now, on to the show.